Welcome to Beauty Uncut, the podcast. I'm Kayla. And I'm Shania, and we're here to bring a new perspective to beauty. Today's podcast is episode one, season three. How exciting. And we have video. Yay. So you can watch our video on YouTube, TikTok, Instagram. Everywhere. Wherever you want, really. Yeah. But this is a super exciting season because we're actually joined with our boss, Ian Chinsey. So welcome. Hey, guys. Finally, I get to be on this side of the mic, (laughs) which is fun. Ian was our podcast producer, editor, basically everything. And the thing is, I'm still doing that right now. So I've got (laughs) even more things to control. But it's all right. We'll see how we go. So if you watch the video back, you're going to see him talking, DJing, a bit of everything. I'm going to be the most active one here because I've got to watch the levels. I've got to watch the video. And, and you've got to talk to us. Talk. I don't know how you're doing this. Lucky you're multi-talented. <laughs> Multifactorial. <laughs> Multimodality. <laughs> Multimodality. That's like my three favorite words, I feel. Multi-everything. Multi-everything. But you're actually joining us on the podcast forever. Forever. Oh, is that a surprise? Sorry, but you don't make it after episode one. No, but we wanted to bring another new perspective to beauty because obviously I'm skin and marketing. Shania is skin and injectable. And I feel like we talk a lot about that. We kind of have really nailed it. But I also think that we wanted to bring in a more advanced opinion and surgical and just talk about everything in this industry. Yeah, look, I think all of it does fit together. And I think for a long time, people were looking at one modality and it's either this or that Mm. but really it's all it's one body that we're treating so it all works together Mm -hmm. you know what we forgot to say as well we're actually going to be recording two times per week so how the podcast is now going to flow is on mondays it's going to be us three talking about a topic and then on thursdays we'll be having a guest join us I was actually under the impression that it was the other way around it is the other way around i'm so sorry (laughs) it is the other way around (laughs) Thank cool. God you're here. <laughs> We're off so to a good is it start. <laughs> Monday guest and then is it Thursday or Wednesday? Thursday. So Thursday. Mon- Monday, Thursday. Monday, Thursday. Monday, Thursday. Perfect. Cool. So maybe we'll start with you, Ian. Or actually, should you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, he should. Sure. Okay, yeah. Okay. So maybe before we get into the topic of how mm. we kind of work together, tell us a little bit about yourself. I feel like your patients or our listeners probably don't know everything about you. Go into how your DJ Wang, Mr. Simulea, <laughs> dad, you've got many titles that we call you. So mm. tell us a little about yourself. Yeah, I feel like I've been your dad, both <laughs> of your dads for a little while now with our business trips and teaching you how to use the airport and yes. If you sit didn't on the know plane. this about us, we actually don't know how to use an airport. No. I think Ian was probably a little bit shocked the first time he came on a plane with us because he really had to go into dad mode because mm-hmm. we didn't know what we were doing. I literally had to help them check in their bags. (laughs) We are not experienced. (laughs) Yeah. So that's why we call him dad. I'm also a cosmetic surgeon in Brisbane. As you guys know, I do a lot of breast surgery. That's predominantly what I've focused in. I've been practicing privately in Brisbane for about, this is my seventh year now. Prior to that, I graduated from UQ Medicine in 2007. I went to my undergrad degree at UCLA. So I'm from the U.S. originally, if you haven't picked that up with the (laughs) accent. And before I even did medicine, I was into all of this media stuff. I was an actor in L.A. for a little while. I got into film production and obviously still very much interested in it. And also regenerative medicine as well. Yeah. So one of the other things that I'm really interested in medically is anti-aging, regenerative medicine. Did a lot of work with stem cells, mainly overseas, 
And uh, now I'm still doing a lot of that research as well as commercial product. One of the things that a lot of patients, I think with uh, cosmetic surgery or cosmetic medicine, they're trying to look younger, but I think they're also interested in being younger internally. And that's what this sort of medicine does. So I think the combination of those is amazing. And that's something that we'll be talking about a lot later on this season. And I think that's why we all work so well together is because you don't just have a very narrow mind about just surgery. Like you're open to treating holistically, mm. injectables, body contouring, skin. You're all about that overall approach. Holistic approach. Yeah. And I like that. I feel like a lot of doctors aren't like that. Mm. Like I said before, it's not a this or that. It's this and that and what combination is going to work best for the goals. So today we're going to talk about the blurred lines between the world of cosmetics, beauty, surgery. And I guess because you're more experienced in the industry, we wanted to start off with you. And if you want to talk about how, I guess, those worlds have changed and how it's kind of molded together, I guess, in a way for you over the years. Yep, I think it's interesting because in surgery and cosmetic surgery especially, we don't get a lot of education about the the skin. We do learn a little bit about non-surgical things like lasers, injectables. A lot of that though really depends on if you have a specific interest in that and so you seek out those extra things besides the surgery itself. When it comes to skin, I think that a lot of doctors, a lot of surgeons don't really have an interest and it's just it's something that's there that gets in the way and that's what we cut through. But knowing that skin health, as well as non-surgical methods, as well as surgery, all have a part to play. I think that the, the surgery is like the foundation if you're mm -hmm. building a house. So surgery does the big stuff, what we call the, I guess the macro work. If we're talking about a facelift, for instance, that's gonna tighten the skin up more than any non-surgical method can do. And then you have the non-surgical to as Enhance. an adjunct. Mm -hmm. yeah. Paint for the walls. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> I think that the the paint is probably the skin. Oh, okay. <laughs> but, but maybe the injectables would be the furniture mm. or something like that. So you can really enhance a surgical outcome with non-surgical methods. And then when it comes to the skin, that's putting the polish on. Mm. That's what I think. I think you were talking to me recently or we went to a conference recently where they talk about it. the pre and post surgery is like physio for your surgery. So mm. doing M-sculpt or body contouring devices pre-lipo or post-lipo, having good skincare and doing morphosate and face threads, whatever, before a facelift will enhance your result and give you a much better result. Yeah, yeah. I thought that conference that we went to, that was the, the launch of the M-face and they were talking about that idea of physiotherapy saying, if you go to an orthopedic surgeon to get your knee operated on and they say, you've got to do physio afterwards as well. And you say, no, I'm not going to do the physio, then they're not going to operate on you. So you really have to think of it as literally everything has to go together. It's not an option. Yes, yeah. exactly. And recently we implemented post-care for breast surgery in clinic where they're using is clinical super serum on their breast scars, the shield recovery, heal light. And I think that's another thing is it's a very holistic approach in getting the best outcome possible. Yeah, I think it's interesting because, and Shania, you've probably seen this more than myself or Kayla would, but when it comes to surgery and surgical scars, it's like, yep, I do the surgery, I put the dressing on mm -hmm. in theater, and then after that, it, we cross our fingers or do we, is there something more active that we can do to ensure that healing? Yeah. And I think there's so many things to that and it goes across all of our areas as well is that you need to be 
taking care of your results. So whether that be surgical results, injectable results, skin results, there need to there's needs to be that maintenance. And so with the scarring, not only is there that maintenance with the products, but also coming in, for example, for those like monthly treatments like mor- Morpheus, any kind of needling. And when people actually do that, they're going to get way better results than if they weren't. For sure, I agree. I think it's just realizing that after your initial surgery... It doesn't just stop there. Exactly. There's a long journey ahead of you and you've got to put in the work as well. You can't just say, oh, I had a problem with my wound. That's the problem with the surgery. It's about the care afterwards. Yeah, for sure. And I feel like you listening to the podcast has probably influenced you to get into your skincare Mm. and influenced you as a doctor. Do you agree? Yeah, I've been... I've told you guys this, (laughs) but prior to doing this podcast, I didn't really care about my skin health or the products that I used on my skin either. I would go to conferences all the time and I'd get given samples of things which I would try. And it was like a few days at a time before the sample ran out. And then I'd move on to the next thing. Mm. And I didn't know how to put them together. I didn't know about skin cycling. I didn't know about <laughs> all of the, the fancy terms that, that you guys have educated me on look at us teaching him something and look at his skin it looks great (laughs) it does and that's gonna (laughs) prolong you needing to have botox or a facelift not that you would ever go down that route but if you start looking after your skin or if you start looking after your body with other modalities it prolongs you needing surgery yeah i'm a perfect example i'm 70 years old and look what (laughs) look (laughs) i just believed you there for a second i was like wait every single time you tell us a fake age i actually go in shock i'm like oh Wait, and I have so to think. I'm like, oh my God, 70, what? <laughs> but how old, how old do you think Ian is? Because I would say you look like you're in your 30s, but he's in his late 50s. <laughs> I'm kidding, he's in his 40s. But seriously, you don't look like you're in your no, 40s. You don't yeah. have a single fine line. You don't Literally. have. I'm looking at you right now. There's no wrinkles. Oh, the oh. brow move. There was a little <laughs> bit. There's movement there. There's movement, but, but there's yeah. no static lines. Yeah. And I would say that's because you've been doing treatments in clinic, you've been doing your skincare and just watching you over the past couple of months, you've just grown up. No, but you're going to cry. Skin, <laughs> your skin has really changed. Yeah, I agree. And I think it's probably been, what, like six months since yeah. I really got serious about Five months. Precisely. Sorry. <laughs> oh, okay. I've been counting. All right. You've got a calendar. Yeah. <laughs> since yeah. end of October, I would say, beginning of November is when you started seriously. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Because after that very first episode of the podcast... I thought, all right, I should probably put some effort in. <laughs> Do you know, I'm just thinking after every episode that we record with Ian, he's like, hey, what was that product, guys? Or, Do we have that hey, here? Do we have that? Or can I order that online? It's so funny. Like it's, it's cute. Such a consumer. <laughs> yeah. I feel like we need to take it back to the source of why people come in for these treatments for or surgical, cosmetic, skin, is that it's mostly aging, right? And... Uh, I would say people are con- like self-conscious about the way they want to look, like they look, they want to yeah. enhance and so their appearance in and all anti-aging those, as well. Yeah, in all the, those concerns, there's so many different layers that we have to treat. For example, if someone comes in and they feel like they need so much Botox and fillers when they come into me, I'm like, no, you need a bit of collagen induction, so you need a bit of skin. And then if they can't get those results, for example, with that inject or skin, then we hand them over to surgical. So I feel like there's a place for everything and we need to think about what you're actually trying to treat and how can we counteract that with what treatment? For sure. 
Would you say there's an ideal starting point though? Because I know everyone comes asking for different things, mm-hmm. but would you say literally everyone should start with their skin or? A hundred percent. I feel like everyone should be on a good skincare. Skincare can change your life. And I feel like, so when I was treating, I was specializing in acne, right? And I worked for a dermatologist and people would think, just jump straight to the dermatologist, go on antibiotics, go on Mm. Rakutane. The amount of skins that I changed and treated their acne with just a little bit of skincare and products was astonishing. And like, I feel like people need to realize the importance of skincare and skin treatments prior to anything else. Yeah, people always jump to like the last resort they want that quick instant they want the quick yeah you know if you're treating with your your skincare and your skin treatments your overall skin quality you're going to treat your concern but the overall skin quality is going to look better and on that i actually worked for another doctor who was dealing with skin cancers and they prepped every single patient prior to taking out like a lesion Mm -hmm. with hydrofacial Really? Because it improved their skin quality. Mm. It improved like wound healing. They also did heal light and LED as well. But it improved all of that and they got a better result when removing their skin color. I think that's really rare that doctors especially would care about anything beyond Mm. what they're doing. Exactly. And I think that's the point of difference for a lot of people in our specific industry who want to be a bit more than what their training made them. And you can really elevate the results. As you say, prepping with hydrofacial before removing a skin lesion, we do a lot of prep with heel light before mm. surgery as well. So it's about thinking about how to make that skin as prepared and healthy as possible before you do anything. And that's another thing. You know how you said we prep the breast before going to have surgery with heel light? That not only helps with minimizing like bruising pain helps with obviously scarring and it also can help with infection correct or did I just make that up Tali told me that well I think that if skin's healthy then you know you're going to have less compromise of the barrier so yeah in a way it can but I wouldn't put that as the one obviously (laughs) so we talked about starting strong with the foundation right with the skin when it comes to the next step do you think that let's say you've got someone who's in their late 60s they always knew they were going to end up having a facelift. They should have started at 30 with skincare and Morpheus Aid and face. So that's on them. But they just walk through the door. Yeah. We say, all right, we've got to get the skin right first. And then we do the surgery. And then Why we would do, you do the surgery. No, no, I'm saying we do the skin prep, oh, okay, get it, get it to I'm a point ahead. where you're happy. Mm-hmm. And then we do the surgery. And then comes injectables, right? Is that the, and this is controversial. But do you think that's the order you should go in? No. Is there an order? I don't know because I'm not, obviously I'm not a nurse, I'm not a doctor, but in my experience, I would say obviously prep their skin, then they have the surgery and then they go on to their, make their maintenance. So I would say you would do a course of Morpheus A, like Mm. like maybe obviously wait three to six months, but I would say do a course of Morpheus A and then injectables. Definitely the prep would be really important. And I guess that would also get them used to like getting skin treatments, like being regular with right. it, for example. So let's say like they have a few facials or needling before the surgery. And then after they have surgery, I definitely recommend like probably some Morpheus. I think that's the first thing I would think about. And then treating their concerns. And I guess it really depends as well on what I guess the outcome is after the facelift and what they need. They might not actually need injectables and they might need like Morpheus or Emphase. It really depends on the layers. But then again, there's also your biostimulator and bioremodeling treatments that might actually be more. 
But and also a facelift's only working on the face. You still mm. need to work on the neck and deck. So you could be looking at like IPL. You could be looking at yeah. by remodeling. So I guess it really is patient dependent. No two clients are probably going to have the exact same treatment outcome. Exactly. Yeah. And I, I think with the facelifts, even when, you know, talking about that, as you say, most of them just address the face. Some of them do address the neck, depending on the technique that's used. Mm -hmm. The deck is never addressed surgically. Yes. And so... I feel, you know when people get like a facelift and then sorry, I'm like hands and then like you can their hands oh, don't yeah, match yeah. their it face. Match. Like again, Shania could do a little bit of skin boosters mm. in the hand or Tali yeah. could do a little bit of IPL. Mm. Like you really got to treat your whole entire body really. Yeah. The yeah. other thing that I guess is to think about with surgery, I think it's really, as I said, I referred to it before as macro. It's, it's the rough, it's you're doing the big job. And I almost see the injectable side or the non-surgical as airbrushing that result a little bit at the end, just to soften it because yeah. oftentimes in surgery, you can't really get the subtle little adjustments and you've got to wait for tissue to relax. There's mm. so many things that go into a surgical yeah. recovery. And then another thing is I think people also jump to facelift when there actually are things that they could probably do prior that would give them a satisfactory result, like Embrace RF. Like I've mm. seen some really good results from Embrace RF with a bit of lipo and they probably looked like they needed a facelift, but it gave them enough to not need it, if that yeah. makes sense. Yep. I think this is where the lines really are starting to get blurred mm. between surgery and non-surgical because there's so many devices now and the technologies there we, we can get a better result than we thought we used to be able to non-surgically although in saying that when you mentioned before the person coming through the door who hasn't worked on their skincare yes it, it becomes a bit difficult there to say yeah you can get a good result with face tight or i'm just going to jump straight to surgery because mm. you've neglected your skin so it, it's one of those things i was going to say thread lifts as well was in that weird layer between surgical and non-surgical. I guess it is in a way non-surgical, right? But it like is almost like a mini facelift with yeah. thread lifts. Yeah. I always saw thread lifts as the intermediate before the energy devices came out, before you had something like FaceTime yeah. that I thought people used to do <clears throat> Botox and fillers and that was often enough. And then as they aged and skin got a bit more lax, mm. threads were okay. It's a very narrow demographic that I see yeah. for threads, like between 40 and 60, maybe even 40 and 50, depending on the type of thread. The thing that most people don't think about is when you tighten that skin with a thread, that skin's got to have someplace to go. And so with a facelift, you cut it out. With a thread, it just bunches up. And yeah. so then... See, that's why I'm... On the fence with threads. Yeah. I still don't know yeah. how I feel. I know. Shania is very <laughs> on the fence. Yeah. I think we actually need to bring someone on the podcast and talk about threads because I feel like because I want to. Dr. Shadi and Dr. Amy love threads and we've seen great results with threads, but I also. I just hear a lot of the, I guess, bad things that happen. Yeah. And I think a lot is people have unrealistic expectations mm. with threads, yeah. especially with, is it PDO, like mono threads? Oh, yeah. Because th there's lifting and there's non-lifting threads. And I, and think, I think people, people confuse them. Yeah. 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 And Definitely. I think that's where people get disappointed in their results because they're not maybe going to a doctor that's using the lifting threads, for yeah. example. Because you have some of the threads that are essentially just collagen induction or collagen stimulating threads. They don't lift anything. And so, so would you be better off doing something like Morpheus 8 or, or no? No, I think so. Personally, I would rather do Morpheus 8 because it's using my own tissue. I'm not introducing anything else in there to cause that stimulation. It's just RF energy. I've gotten such good results with doing the Morpheus on my jaw. 
Like, and M face. So good. Yeah, and M face. <laughs> but like I really noticed, okay, I got that subtle lift and definitely like less like submental after M face, as you probably mm. experienced yeah. as well. But then after I did two Morpheus, that's when I noticed snatched. So Ian good. is literally going to go and do Morpheus eight after this. <laughs> Watch him. He's going to go do a course. Do you know that's one of we the should. things that I still like, I have not done Morpheus eight yet. And it's just because really? of time. Yeah, I've never oh. done it. I want to try it because I think in combination with the results I got from M-Face, I think it would be fantastic. You definitely but just a matter of time. Wow. Yeah, so good. Perfect. Okay. I feel like that was a fun little topic to get us started for season three, episode one of the podcast. Thanks, Ian, for being a part of our journey now. Yay. Thank you guys for welcoming me onto Beauty Uncut forever. Forever. <laughs> you can't leave. <laughs> I'm excited. Me too. I, I think feel we're like going to have really cool episodes me coming Me too. Up. I feel like we're going to get a lot deeper into the topics because we're smart, but I feel like you have a different angle that you can bring to the podcast. Yeah, I think different points of view are always valuable. So um, no, I think it's going to be great. Make sure to follow us on our socials. All the information will be in the show notes. And don't forget our five-star reviews we, we only want five stars yeah. <laughs> and only we five. yeah only five please and we will see you guys in our next podcast bye bye, bye.